Get in here. <laughs> All right, okay. Across. All right, I think we're good to go. Welcome to season of the biz. Yeah. Thank you. 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 Created and produced by women. Woo! Woo! I love that show. <laughs> I don't know about it. <laughs> um, tonight we have your MC, Marissa. And we have Hope. Andrea, Laura, Kelly, and Lindsay. Can't be closer than the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it popping. Pop off. So, you guys, just wondering, what is your favorite thing about each member of said podcast? Oh, we're leading with this question. <laughs> Isn't this where we compliment each other? Yeah, cool. Right. Right. <laughs> you seem the most nervous about it, so just all say nice That way you weren't worried about it the whole time. Okay. Things we love about Lindsay. Um, Lindsay, if you. Is it okay if I say it? We were going to do. Each one of us, Oh, I thought we were spotlighting a person, and then we all just shower them. I'm ready for everything. Right. Lindsay. She seems quiet if you don't know her very well, but she has so many opinions and all of them are right. And when you do know her, she will share them with you and you'll be like, damn, you're right. And she, you should follow her on Twitter because she shares them there and you'll read them and you'll be like, damn, she's right. And that's what I like about Lindsay. Thank you, love you. Uh, Lindsay is rad as fuck. And she is one of the bravest people I know. Uh, my favorite thing about Lindsay is that she does something that in teaching we call making your learning visible. So, like on the podcast, when she explains something, <laughs> it is education, right? Um, when she explains something, she like doesn't just explain it. She walks through her process of like why she chose to try to find the answer to this and how she went about doing that. Um, and I really appreciate that about her. I didn't know I did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite, there's so many wonderful things by you, but my favorite thing about Lindsay is probably that you're so genuinely sweet and thoughtful and gentle, but you say the most fucked up stuff. <laughs> Slapping me last night. <laughs> Literally slapping. We slapped each other. <laughs> it was consensual. Kellen. <laughs> Kellen. Uh, okay. Mm. Kellen's like one of the smartest people. Um, just hands down, one of the smartest people. <laughs> And I don't, I mean, I've met, ooh, she's really, really good at bringing to light the ways in which uh, people in general are amazing at repeating their mistakes um, that we figure out. Is there, no, like, like, we're always like, yeah, so we're doing, no, like, we're doing this fucked up thing currently, and this reminds me 
of this like fucked up thing that people used to do. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, basically just like a new iteration of the way that we're repeating our mistakes, and it's just stuff that I've never noticed before. And I wouldn't draw the connections, but like you're really good at that. Like you've got connections in your brain for like everything that's going on. Uh, neurons. Anyway. Um, <laughs> All those okay. Kellen is the sweetest human that's ever existed. So that's that, and also she's a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, Kellen's mine's also related to your knowledge. I'm sorry, but she's like so interested in things, and I think um, that helps with like I think that's why she's so able to focus on the things that she decides to spend her energy on, and like really dive into them thoroughly. And when she shares it with you, um, it rubs off. It's fucking awesome when she shares it with you. Yeah, um, I was gonna say some more things. I guess, Helen, you're really great at remembering everything. And we love you for that. Um, because there's so many people that will just go off on a topic and not really have the depth of knowledge they think they do. And you are like real deal backing up with facts. And I have a horrible memory, so I really love that you remember things, so I don't have to. <laughs> That's really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we have Laura next. Mm-hmm. Here we go, Laura. Okay, uh... Get ready for it, Laura. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a roast. It's a roast. Yeah, um, I'm going to repeat what somebody said literally, like, just 20 minutes ago. Uh, Laura is the center of our universe. Like, we would not be able to do this without Laura. Like, just have the most energy towards this experience, like towards this um, podcast. Um, just smart as hell and super fun. Just the most fun person. Uh, you guys will get to see her dance later. Uh, it is a joy. Lots of moves. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not later. Maybe sooner. <laughs> um, yeah, Laura is, um, I might show my age here. But if we were the Spice Girls, Laura would be Posh Spice, except she would be like Proletariat Spice. Um, <laughs> the British class system, but still the one that ends up with whatever the workers' version of David Beckham is. <laughs> 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 just as hot. Uh, yeah, but yeah, she, like, we couldn't function without her. Um, I don't know if this is like public knowledge, but we have one employee as season of the bitch, and it is Laura, because she does, it's like, she is the, the first of this, this corporation that we're building that you're witnessing right now, just on all of you, it's capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Laura, because she does all the fucking work. So, like, anything that's happened, if it's like, oh, this sounds like there was an editor behind it. She's wonderful. Um, yeah, Laura is energy. She's vivacity. Um, she like has energy not only in the sense of like um, expressing herself, and she's not afraid to express herself, which is something I love, but also in the things that she pursues, it comes out in a lot of ways. Um, my favorite thing about Laura is that you're silly. No silly shaming on this part. <laughs> yeah, fuck silly shaming. Just a PSA, really quickly. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing, if you're ever like out with friends and you get a little silly, maybe you get a little weird, I don't know, like and then someone's like, whoa, you're weird, it's like, get out, don't do that, just let people have a really good time, because 
that's what life is about. It's too short. No solution. Hey, can we get someone over here to make that stuff? 
And this guy came over, he's like, super nice, awesome person, and we were having a conversation because Amber was like, should I wear my glasses or not wear my glasses to the show? Like, this is an important conversation. He just turns to her from the stove and is like, wear the glasses. <laughs> It was a good choice. Hope. Hope. Alright. Um, besides the fact that Hope has incredibly dope shoes on right now, um, I think that like one of the I hesitate to refer to myself or anything that I do as iconic. Um, but if there is an iconic thing about season of the bitch that's really taken on, it's been no sorries. Um, and that came from from Hope. She is like totally unapologetic, but in like the best possible way. Like I feel like unapologetic isn't necessarily always like a good word, but like with hope it is. And like she's she like also like peps us up about how we shouldn't apologize. Like stop saying yes to things you don't want to say yes to. Like no is a good word. No sorry. Stop saying sorry. Like she she's a, a cheerleader for us to like not be complete pushovers, um, which I think a lot of women need, and like, hope is that person. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> Good. Um, yes, my thought was the same, is if you ever are like, you know how you have those people that you're just like, I don't really know what they're thinking because, you know, sometimes they're masking under something else. With hope you know what she's thinking. <laughs> and it's amazing because I don't want to guess. I don't want to have to know. Just be real with me. I'm going to support you no matter what. Just tell me what you're going through, and I'm there for it. And I love that. you got to give Amber your, your mic. Right. <laughs> well, she's really sharing. Um, <laughs> that ain't good enough of a laugh. Okay. <laughs> uh, hope is so understanding. Like, she really, like, everything we talk about or do, she just really, like, verbally puts herself in other people's shoes constantly. Like, we were looking at a flag on a building and, like, <laughs> talking about Dread something, and she was like, ooh, I think that the reason that they did this is that they were, like, this kind of person, and then they did that. Um, and I think that's a wonderful quality. Um, my favorite thing about Hope is uh, her perspective. Um, she really, yeah, she's really good at putting herself in other people's shoes, and it's been so great to get to like learn from her. Um, I think a good example of this is actually on the um, sex work episode, um, and we were talking about like I don't know, maybe in end stage communism there won't be a place for sex work. Like maybe people will not feel the need to like commodify this this service or this this thing that they do with their bodies. And Hope says, I mean, there are always going to be people who need it and for various reasons can't like get sex the way that people do organically. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they should be deprived of like a healthy sex life. And I was like, that's really smart. And I had never considered that before. Um, and you can, I mean, if you listen to the episode, you can hear me like actually processing that and learning from her in real time in the episode. <laughs> Making her learning visible. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it back. Anyway, she's great. I love the way she thinks. Uh, Yeah. 
Oh. I know that we've already done compliments for both of you guys, but just to pile on, that's a, that episode is a really good example of like how people can start at a point of disagreement and then talk to each other in a civil way and like get somewhere. That's all. By the way, the format of the show is Q and A. And then we'll open retrospective it up. of the year. <laughs> oh yeah, and then we're gonna open it up at the end so the audience doesn't get your little. Do you not your little roll, guys? Oh, uh, I gendered brains. <laughs> what? Get the little non-gendered brains going. Get the engines driven. I call brains little guys. Anyway. folks up there. Anyway. Question two. Next question. Moving along. Alright, um, who would play each member of the Coven in a lifetime original movie? Oh, who would play you? Who would play you? Okay. Um, well, obviously, I feel like I'm a very complex character, so I'm gonna say Meryl Streep. <laughs> it would work! I think, um, people say I look like Nicole Kidman. Um, but I feel like just we have a lot of differences. Like I just don't really connect with people. Um also I think we physically have a lot of differences, but I would say maybe Drew Barrymore is more of a spiritual fit. Um, okay, so mine would be Annie Clark. I know she is not an actor, but hear me out. I'm obsessed with her. And I think I could know her <laughs> in a lifetime movie and that is the end goal. She would have to study you so close. I also oh my god. I also want to clarify when Laura says no, she means it in a biblical sense. Um, for me, this was a tough call because I don't look like any famous people because they're all beautiful, but supportive community. No. saying on a spiritual level, who do I feel like gets me? And for me, that's John Cusack. So, <laughs> his Twitter presence is everything. It's a little Russiagate heavy, but he's with us. He's there. Oh, now I wish I thought more about this question. Um, this is the one where I should have gone first. Uh, I was just going to run with Aubrey Plaza. I don't know. You look like her in the best way. Laura, or a bat the size of Laura. Okay, wait. <laughs> so that you can have a full feeling of this. <laughs> Woo! Question, which is a throwback to some of our first episodes where Laura kept having run-ins with bats. <laughs> she has squared off with and defeated in combat three times. <laughs> Separately though. <laughs> and so the ultimate boss is obviously a bat That's the size of Laura. I know, we all actually talked about this question in advance. Wait, but what? we didn't reveal our answers to each other. We all just 
we're like, we saw about it. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> I would fucking win. <laughs> See, my answer, I think it comes down to whether you're indoors or outdoors. Because, like, Balance. indoors, for sure, like, they have big, like, big, long wings. They're, I don't know, clumsy. They're used to being able to fly around. If they can't, then you have the upper hand. But those bouncers are fast. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm sorry. I would never bet against you in any other context. <laughs> but an outdoor bat with a spike in the back of you. I, I don't know. It'd be a challenge. They have like wolf faces. <laughs> Honestly, hot, spicy take coming your way. Bats are just dogs with wings. <laughs> she makes a good point. Um, I, unfortunately, am going to have to agree with Lindsay. Not, however, not because of physical strength or capability, but because rats have rabies on their side. And as we have learned from the office, myth, three people die from rabies every year in America. In fact, four people die from rabies in America. And I don't want Laura to be one of those people. I don't want her to fight a giant ass bat. So for, for all of our sakes, I'm sorry, I think you should just run. Don't fight it. Yeah, run There you go. Damn, this is fucked up. <laughs> I, I want to say that I did not make this question up, and the person who did already sold me under the bus, so I'm like, where did this question come from? Wait a minute, wait a minute, they sold you under the bus? <laughs> I just made you the main thing. of the crime in the United States takes place. Under, under, under buses. buses. I hear that's actually where trolls live also. I have an answer for this question. Um, <laughs> I I think Laura would win. Yes! <laughs> and I think the reason, my reason, is that um, Laura is the center of the universe for the podcast, and I want her to hold me in high regard and remember this moment later. <laughs> Everyone was against her, and Andrea stood by her side, defended her in public. I was here for you. I just want you to remember that. She gets the favorable edit. Because it's all imaginary, so I can just say what's questionable. I just have to say, this was her favorite question as of last night when we last spoke. Not my favorite. Okay, so we've been talking about Marissa. Marissa, okay, first of all, Marissa is amazing. was the person that responded to us and we were like, who will MC our show? Please, for the love of God, someone MC our show. I think we're the repeated request. Yes, and then me and Kel and Skype with her and we're like, hell yeah. And then she sent us an email and it was like, this is low-key my favorite question. So yes, and which I appreciate and like love. Marissa, if you want to weigh in on this, you should after we get to, to hope so. So I was going to say something along the same lines as you. I There's no real reason for me to back the bat in this hypothetical because I don't do a podcast with the bat. So I'm backing more.
Laura. Yeah. Huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The question is decided. We people that answered honestly and those who are loyal. Taking notes. <laughs> All right. Moving along. So, just wondering, guys, what's the most challenging thing about working on a season of The Bee? Um, so I'm going to say something that probably everybody can relate to. The most challenging thing is just finding the time to do it because we're all so busy with work and school and life and uh, there's just a lot happening. Um, so that's why we appreciate Laura so much putting so much time and energy into the heart of that. But that's probably the hardest thing for me is just like finding the time because we really want it to be good. We put a lot of time into research and thinking about things. So. Uh, yeah, another shout out to Laura. At the beginning, I was doing the editing, and that probably would have been the most challenging part. But now Laura does that. <laughs> so thanks, Laura. Um, yeah, but also this is a hard question to answer because I feel like it. I'm like amazed that this has happened, and I feel like a lot of a lot of the pieces fell into place like way too easily. I was like, wait, is that? It's, it's cool, we're doing it. People are listening. Ooh, like, I don't know. It feels like, I feel like we're so lucky. So. We are. Yeah. Subjective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that really stunned me. Good anyway, I think I'm going. All right. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I would say it is, it, it's really trying to balance everything. Um, I've gone through a lot of different things. Long-time listeners will know. I started <laughs> as a, uh, a PhD student, so that had its own advantages and disadvantages when I was working on this in the in the cracks of my time. Uh, then I was unemployed for three whole beautiful months, and I could do so much of this work, which I did, and you know that was great. And then I also got a full-time job, and then still was doing all of these things. So. I'm so grateful and happy to be doing all of those things. It's a labor of love, but if we ever, like, for some reason, become actual famous people, I would love to just do this because it is, like, a lot of work all the time. Um, yeah, I think finding time is definitely hard. It's hard, um, like, to balance all of our schedules, and, like, then sometimes episodes will happen where you're like, oh, I really want to be on that. But, like, you're the only person that can't do whatever time, and it's hard to put that together. But for me, personally, I would say staying off Twitter, because um, I run the Season of the Bitch Twitter. Yeah! It is, it is good! I don't know about that, but uh, there's a lot going on on Twitter. And, uh, when I, and when I'm like, oh, this is a responsibility for me to be on Twitter right now, it's really easy to do that and not do my actual job. Yeah, I'm Laura's thing. It's just finding time and I don't know, actually putting it to the use that you intended for. So, yeah. All right. How about the, oh, excited about that. Um, how about the most rewarding thing? I like this one. I'm gonna use the forbidden word these bitches. <laughs> <laughs> forbidden. Yeah, it's it's stuff. Yeah. Echo friendship. Yeah. Friendship. Yeah. Yes, I would also say that and um, 
our listeners. Like sometimes we get the, this feedback that just like really fucks me up in the best way possible. Like that anyone could be positively influenced by this is like really mind boggling and beautiful to me in a lot of ways. And all of our incredible and talented and smart guests who carry our show because we are only very minimal experts in certain things and we rely so heavily on all the incredible guests that we have that are able to like spend their time coming on our our show and like that it's just the fact that we've been able to meet all these incredible people and that people love what we do um and feel validated and seen in what we do is like one of the most unreal experiences i've ever had Um, yeah, I would say kind of piggybacking on that is just being able to create community because people are so isolated right now and like with podcasts, it's very intimate. You know, you're like with people when they go to bed at night, when they're at their bullshit jobs and like being able to create that connectedness with people that really need it is amazing. Um, I'm really selfish, so I just like think it's really cool that I'm like, I want to do an episode on this topic and then I can have like some badass person like just come talk to me about it. I'm like, I have some questions. <laughs> um, Jane McAlevey, can you come on and talk to me about my questions? Like, <laughs> and she's like, okay, because I have like an excuse. Like, if I was just some you know, a person sitting in my house, I'm like, I have questions. Like, sometimes people will answer them. <laughs> and believe me, I have done this before. Even before I had a, a you know, host of a podcast, I would just be like, I like this person. I'm going to write them a letter. But um, they definitely respond more. Oh, they answer them. Um, yeah. But it also, like, it connects me with people that, like, Right, it's not only the sense of like, oh, I read this book by this person, I'm interested in talking to them. It like connects me to people who know a lot about a lot of things who I wouldn't have encountered otherwise. So just, I'm saying a lot of the same stuff that other people said. Cool. So this kind of relates to what you were just What have you learned by making this podcast with all the different guests and such and each other? Well, I've learned very little about um, audio quality and a lot, a lot about friendship. <laughs> I learned, uh, I mean, I learned from everybody on every single episode, but I, I learned what dialectical materialism is. So Yay! Yeah. 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 I couldn't explain it, but. <laughs> I, it well, you see. <laughs> I definitely like learn facts, like actual tangible information every time I listen to the show or every time I'm on it because people are just dropping knowledge bombs in a way that's really, really cool. So I, I've learned a lot. The things that stand out to me, I already we already talked about this a little bit, but your conversation, but also the the sex work episodes in general were like some of some really formative things for me thinking through that. It's especially helpful. Um, when it came time that we were talking about Sesta and Basta and like gave me a lens to understand what was happening um, in the world around me that I, would, I wouldn't have understood the issues in the way that I did if I hadn't listened to you guys. So, and obviously our amazing guest was Velvet. Um, 
So there's, I, I think, just, I mean, a lot. It's hard to answer this question. There's a lot. Um, and I learn stuff, like, when I'm getting ready for an episode, because I always want to fact check myself, you know? And so, like, we just did an episode on animals, and, like, guys, there's some amazing animals out there. Like, grasshoppers that don't need male grasshoppers to reproduce. That's amazing. And, frankly, I'm jealous. Sorry, Anne. Um, <laughs> I love you. Wow. My partner's never been. He's been taking so many pictures. I know. Oh, <laughs> you. Uh, but also, grasshoppers. I, they get it, you know. Um, yeah. Well, they yeah. what is meeting someone with very different things. <laughs> so, when you, sorry, Marissa, when you ask this question, do you mean what have we learned, like, overall over the past year, or, like, from what episode? I just want clarification real quick. Or everything. Let's do the episode. Oh. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, no, that's okay. wonderful. Um, yeah, I think any of the ones that have dealt with foreign policy, colonialism, imperialism, anything like that. So the Palestine episode, um, the the uh, foreign policy in the Middle East one we did recently. Um, a bunch of them. I just feel like anytime we can really try to unpack our Western brains is the best learning space that I want to be in. And I also, I want to say, and I think that this is coming out in both of our responses here, that a lot of the learning that we're doing is like hosts, and I'm assuming people are doing when they're listening, is because of our guests, not because, <laughs> not because of us. Um, I think that's a really important like thing to remember um, as we're like working through this is that like this podcast is only I think as good as like the conversations it creates and a lot of that has to do with the people that we find that are kind enough to give up like some hours of their time um, and like talk and it's it's really humbling to be able to do that. I put together um, the mass incarceration episodes and I, that was one of the more humbling experiences of my life. I, I've never been incarcerated um, and talking to people that have been through that, um, or whose family members have gone through it, and, you know, who are not only like, this fucking sucks, this system is terrible, but like, here's my very concrete vision for how to make it better, um, and then, you know, like, just being witness to that is, uh, again, humbling and, and really yeah, I think I've learned the most from, also I echo the um, like foreign policy and the left. Um, I think issues of the Middle East, which for example, I didn't know could also be referred to as West Asia. Like that's something I felt very unequipped to even start digging into because there's so much bias around it. So if you don't already know something about it, it can be very hard to like figure out um, who to listen to or like what to listen to. Um, and so I think having uh, people speak to us who, have, who are part of, you know, marginalized ethnic groups in that region um, just really gave me a great foundation for going forward. And I think that's something great about our show is that um, it really comes from like a place of inquiry and like our own learning. And we don't have guests on just to like have them on. Like we have a goal in mind when we do it. Yeah, and I would say for sure a lot of the historical context and theory stuff we've gone over on the show, and I think some of it I had heard previously, but I had always been like an academically minded guy who it seems like was like <laughs> <laughs> just trying to 
trying to prove how much he, he knew or like didn't really have very good motivations in like teaching that in quotation teaching. Um, so on the show, it's been really nice to learn about it in a way that was like much more approachable and much made much more relevant for me, and that's opened up learning about a whole host of other things. Shout out to learning. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're like, what can I do to distract myself from this eight-hour hell? Um, I mean, that's obviously not the case for the, the lucky few, um, but for a lot of us, it's just like, distract me, please. Anything. I think... <laughs> I have thoughts. Please. I think... Um, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, I, I think also it might have to do with the fact that, like, our media is owned by, like, I don't know how many, very few, big, huge, like, massive shadow corporations that are, like, eating us alive. But, um, you know, I think it, in that way we don't feel very connected to a lot of the things that it produces. And, like, we don't have, like, a very organic, like, a lot of organic places to go to get information and to, like, hear fun things. And so I think, like... Um, having this like really hyper personalized like this is a show made uh, by millennials and you're you're a millennial too right top yeah end top end millennial and some lower end millennials some medium <laughs> millennials um, I have more millennials to list <laughs> yeah uh, you know we we produce the show and a lot of millennials listen to us also other people but um, I don't know I'm rambling you get the idea. <laughs> Also, other people. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly millennials, probably. <laughs> All right, here's a, here's a fun one for you guys. Uh -oh. Toss them our way. Um, who is most likely to survive a post-apocalyptic scenario? Laura. Laura. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Laura. <laughs> Next. <laughs> what if both Laura and the bat survive? <laughs> <laughs> Just too low. Friends on yeah, they don't have to fight this now. This is some background. Okay, Allison, who's here, knows this. <laughs> there is a past with this where I worked a job for two years, three years, where I mostly made like friction fires and skinned roadkill that children would bring me. Uh, sounds really weird when I say it like that. Okay, clarification they were homeschooled children that literally wanted to learn I worked for an organization that like literally taught survival skills for three years. So there's maybe leave with that. I like to I like to do the sneak attack. Like I don't know why are we skinning roadkill? It's a great method. And I think we were all right, despite the fact that no one on the stage knew that. We all said Laura, who taught children how to survive by skinning roadkill. We all have our secrets. So she's going to win, clearly, in this post-apocalyptic world. Next question. Moving forward. What are your favorite memories of working on the house? 
Our first live show was pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. We didn't meet each other in real life um, for like three months after the podcast started. Um, and I mean, I guess some of us lived nearby, so like we had met each other that way, but all five of us were never in the same place um, until like two or three months after we started the podcast. Um, and so like, I have a very specific memory of like Laura showing up in Chicago and just being like, hey! <laughs> And Laura's a lot shorter. <laughs> weird stuff you don't know when you don't actually know each other and just hear each other's voices for several hours a week, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's like, that is probably my favorite. I mean, this might be a common response, but that was definitely my favorite memory too, because it was like, holy shit, like we're all here. And we did the same thing when we were all in New York this, this weekend, being like, <laughs> again, Laura, hey, <laughs> we're here. In our uh, Airbnb. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Um, yeah, it was so you meet people on the internet sometimes, and uh, if you meet them in real life, you might not actually click, but like all of us clicked immediately because like we knew each other. We were we were internet friends, but like it was so easy to transition into a real life friendship. And this doesn't feel like the second time I've ever met these women. Um, yeah, I feel very close to. To all of them, and it was it was amazing to meet them all for the first time. Um, also, Tanya from Control Really Works Party was there, so she's incredible. Uh, it was a great time. We had a dance party. I remember doing a, it wasn't exactly karaoke, but like definitely <laughs> like all belted out uh, the lyrics to Earl Had to Die. Yes. <laughs> the same thing as everyone else. Um, I'm going to say talking to Jane McAlevey. But really, it's meeting her and pretending to be Nancy Ray. I mean, I just kind of shouted mine at the beginning. I was like, the live show! Um, my favorite is probably our first show, actually, because we were so nervous. We just kept talking about how we were all really sweaty. <laughs> I was just recording from home and we totally could have erased it and started up. <laughs> it was so nerve-wracking doing it for the first time and like actually putting it out in the universe that like we're doing this thing. So that was pretty special. Yeah. Oh, I remember that too. And like, uh, I I think it was Amber who told me that I couldn't have my ceiling fan on. It was August and the room that I was recording in did not have the air conditioner. And I was like, my tits are so sweaty right now. <laughs> Yeah. It was just a like, funny yeah, to make it, to take it away from the laughing bit of this question, um, just to like go back to that first episode, we were all nervous coming into this because um, we felt like we were doing something that hadn't really been done, um, like a, a leftist women's podcast. And there was a, we felt a lot of pressure, whether it was real or not, to do it right and do it in a way that was somewhat unimpeachable. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you guys don't see, obviously, but like, uh, you know, us writing up the outlines, we have our whole system on Google Docs, different colors for different people, what text they want to do, um, that kind of thing. The few guests in the room know what I'm talking about. Insiders. 
But uh, the first episode, I think we wrote out basically every word you wanted to say. Because we were like, we gotta fucking get this right. Like, if we mess up, people will never listen to us again. Um, and we were like pretty terrified, but I think it ended up, I think it ended up being pretty good. Like it came out, it came out pretty darn well for our like first ever thing. So it was, and like having it come out and then having people be like, "Hey, we like this. Like we're gonna keep listening." Was wild. Yeah, I think. Um, also, like we did a fundraiser beforehand. Oh yeah. And so there was a lot of pressure. By the way, it was September first, so we're very close to our one year. Um, yeah, because we did a fundraiser and we told everybody, like, we're making a feminist podcast, it's going to have women on it. And everybody's like, oh my god, that's really good. And and then it, like, took off and, like, some guy from The Guardian called me and wanted to talk to me. And got your name We wrong. had not, and got my name wrong, yeah. Uh, but we had not done one episode yet. Yeah. So by the time we sat down to record our first episode, like, Sarah Jaffe, a journalist lady, was like, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, yeah, like, probably. Not enough pressure. I was like, right. why also, did like, I put myself in this situation? <laughs> now I have to make a podcast. It sunk like $2,000 into it, too. It was like, oh, it's, it's not jump change. It's true. Yeah. I just also wanted to say, Sarah, we love you. Yeah. Sorry you can't be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, personal fave question. Oh, it should go to karaoke song. Oh, Madonna's like a prayer. Yes. Right there. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's the realest. Sometimes I do Mariah Carey, Always Me My Baby as my like backup, but like if I okay. If <laughs> if like a prayer comes on, I feel like you gotta start like kneeling like you're like you know the like Um, if it's available, I enjoy the Black Sabbath song, 
behind the wall slash NIV. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows the deep cuts from Black Sabbath's first album, but there, as, there is actually a bar in Chicago that has this song available, um, and it has lines like, my name is Lucifer, please take my hand. Uh, it's like a song about like Satan seducing a woman, uh, but it's not like, you know, he's stealing her, it's all above board, you know? Like, <laughs> Satan is having a consensual relationship with a woman, uh, I assume, uh, from the lyrics that it's a woman. But anyway, when that one's not there, I usually just like search through the list like really painstakingly and then never end up singing anything, so. Or I'll just pick something random. Yeah, I just do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, soon. I'm just, I'm looking through and then I just keep drinking. <laughs> Um, so I've avoided that by only really doing I'm Your Baby Tonight since I was like five years old at karaoke, so I just do that one song. What is that? <laughs> Houston song? Mm. No. Maybe later. Fair enough. Alright, so final question oh. that I know all of the listeners are waiting for. How's Momo? For those of you who don't know. <laughs> Momo is my very obese cat. <laughs> Momo's okay. We texted about this earlier. He's on a no carb diet right now. <laughs> Vets orders. He's so fat. Um, but he's doing all right. He, we're trying to get him to exercise more, but Same. he's not into it. Same. <laughs> no carb diet works out for him, uh, and his like. That hangs out on his stuff. So, but thank you for asking. Amber is also on a no curb diet. Yeah, I'm the least cat obsessed overall. I, think that's I don't think that's true. Who's less cat obsessed? We have cat haters on this podcast. Schism is for um, all the time. There's actually only two of you who are cat haters. We're just extremely vocal about it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Stop right here. This is what I hate about the cat obsessed community that I am. Oh my god! Is that I like cats, but because I'm not like, am I got cats? Everybody's like, she hates cats. Keep your cat away from her. She will kill the cat. I like, I like cats. I like to pet them. I probably wouldn't have one because their hair goes everywhere and they smell weird and like kind of sneaky. I think this is a mischaracterization of my community. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that tired. Also, my experience of people is exactly what Amber is. But have Lindsay or I ever made you feel that way about cats? I'm yeah. gonna say pass on this. <laughs> they are tyrants about their cats. <laughs> no, I understand that you love your cat, and I respect that. Your cats. I forgot to line up the accident for this weekend, so I had to do that like last minute, like at like 11 o'clock on Thursday night, and I was leaving my house at like 6.30 on Friday morning. Uh, yeah, but no, they're fine, they're living. Uh, don't feel bad, I'm sure people do that with their actual children. <laughs> I'm probably true, like, people are like, oh my god. Life is hard. I forgot my kid was in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Certain that I'm not ready to be a mom. <laughs> like I said, people do it all the time. It's probably so. <laughs> it's fine. 
So, Season of the Bee is giving away a piece of free merch. Do you, Ambria, want to discuss the rules and regulations? All right, listen here. We're going to do Q&A with you, the audience. Now, the winner of this magic word challenge is going to get to pick out a piece of merch of their choice from the merch table. And you have to explain what I meant. I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, and so what that means is that we have pre-selected a special word. Um, and the first person who is asking a question who utters said word uh, is going to get the free piece of merch. Um, yeah. What happens if no one says the word? Um, we will use a high-tech method um, to very to, to use a very just. Uh, I'm, I'm losing track of my words here. <laughs> we will use a very just method to ensure. What that someone asked a question. Fight to the death. Um, <laughs> it's so just. But yeah, if you if you have any like a question you'd like to ask, this is to motivate you. We're using capitalism against you. We're like free things for asking us questions. Socialism is free things, right? Fair point. There's nothing else. <laughs> In my head, thought of like seventeen trolls that I've just dealt with, and I'm like, oh god. But I knew you were joking, and then I'm still just like, oh. your face. <laughs> How do we want to handle amplifying question askers? I think we get Marissa. Well, we can also just repeat it. Yeah, just like how. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Can we do a round of applause for our guys? Yeah. One of the few men to ever grace season of adventures. Thank you, Bracel. I know her. Especially for Ambria. What kind of cat do you hate the most? Have you found yourself in any particular moral quandaries since starting the show that were kind of caused by things that you talked about or researched during the course of producing the show? Yes. Marissa and I talked about that specifically. Yeah, first of all. Oh, yeah, first of all, ding, 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 ding. The word was cat. <laughs> all right, previews of merch for you. But you guys should see. Now their motivation is gone. <laughs> no one is going to ask for it. We actually have a second word. We do. Just think of one. Wait, and if right. No, we have one. It's okay. It's okay. It's oh, I didn't realize that's how we were doing it. But Ain't anyway. no mind to our little yeah. chat. We should answer the chat. I'm trying, yeah, I'm going to do it. Back. Um, oh, no, no. Do you have one, a quandary you've been in? Because I have, I have one. Still. I was just going to tell the story about the headphones company. The <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, well, they ended our moral quandary because this headphone company from Sweden uh, contacted us and was like, we're expanding our market. And they had like, kind of like, um, headphones with like marble patterns on the side so maybe something they were trying to market to women uh and uh, so for ladies am i right they were like oh we'll send you some free headphones like if you talk about our headphones on your podcast and we were like should we do it um and then it turned out that they were only offering one pair of headphones and they wanted us to do like 10 spots of 30 <laughs> seconds each over the course of like three months and I was like, wow, thanks for solving that moral problem for us. <laughs> you know I can just buy a pair of headphones, right? Like, <laughs> I'm 
true. Thank you, supporters. Um, my moral quandary was, and this is a, a shared MC moral quandary we were chatting about the other day. Bananas, man. So like, I knew we did a we did a Banana Republics episode. Um, me and Laura and yes, yeah. I was like, did we have a guest? Was it one of the, was it Hope or Lindsay? Um, and, uh, I, yeah, so, so, like, I knew the history of, like, the Banana Republics and, like, you know, like, the old school stuff, um, because I'm encyclopedia or whatever, but I didn't know that, like, Chiquita Banana was, like, still, like, in legal trouble for funding, like, gangs <laughs> as of, like, six years ago or whatever. So, anyway, so now I can't buy bananas. I haven't bought any bananas, and I used to have a banana smoothie. You can back me up. A banana smoothie <laughs> for breakfast every day. And I haven't had one since we did that episode because I can't bring myself to buy bananas. And there is no ethical consumption under like, capitalism, but at the same time, it's too, it's rough, you know? Haven't bought a banana. I ate a banana at a free hotel breakfast, though. <laughs> <laughs> Only two of us have dealt with these issues. <laughs> More oh. questions. Oh. Um, I guess the biggest thing that sometimes like makes my makes me like make sure that we're doing what we need to be doing is um, when we all met each other on the internet. Obviously, there's a lot of information we don't know each other, but as you can see, we are all white women, um, and so one of the biggest things that I want us to try to remedy and like think about all the time is how can we um, diversify our group while still you know not tokenizing anyone and not ma and making sure that we're doing everything for the right reasons just for like making sure people's voices are heard and that we're amplifying um, all the voices that we think need to be heard which are mostly not white women. <laughs> Wait, this one, this one. Okay, so question. Another question. Oh, yeah. Hi, uh, <laughs> I wonder how uh, what the learning curve has been like on how to say yes and or no or how to sort of uh, discuss ideas and converge on what you are going to do and what you're not going to do. Like for us between ourselves. Good question, James. Um, I honestly feel like this one came actually pretty organically for us just because I mean honestly this is sometimes just how it goes with women but we're just like and okay are you okay is are you okay is everyone okay <laughs> okay yes I like what you're saying and maybe I'm gonna tell you something else but I don't want to hurt your feelings so here it is really gently going towards you this way like this so I feel like it's really been our problem solving skills, like for example, when um, I feel like one of the like more serious conversations we ever had was around uh, payment of labor, um, and particularly being the person who was going to have any sort of Patreon money coming my way for the labor, I was like, how do I even approach this question? How do I talk about this? How can I advocate for myself for this? But it turns out when you work with a bunch of socialist women that they're just like, yes, fucking yes, let's pay you, let's make it happen, let's do this, we love your work, let's make it happen. And so I feel like 
on the whole, we're just like so ready to support each other that even if we have disagreements, we're able to do it in this like really supportive and helpful way. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with Laura. Um, it's funny because I still sometimes get nervous like proposing things. Like I remember the two of us were talking about that issue, and I was like, okay, like I really think you should get paid. And I was like, yeah, I, I feel like that would be good, especially because it was in the period where you're like, you would just quit your PhD program. And I was like, all right, well, what if I type up a proposal and then like I'll put it out and then I was still really nervous. I didn't know these secret meetings were happening. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We're just dropping knowledge. I'm learning a lot. It wasn't secret. But I was like, basically, I because I, I had been thinking about it too, um, and I was like, but I had to reach out to Laura to be like, I wanna, you know, I wanna propose if you get paid, is this okay? And then, you know, like, and then I proposed, and I'm like, guys, I wrote up a proposal, and I like emailed it out, and it was really dirt, but everybody's like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, we think people should be compensated for their labor. Um, and I, I yeah, I, I feel like if. I don't know if anybody ever come up with an idea where people were like, let's not do that. I feel like we're pretty good at like, you know, compromising and I think everybody like when we when we put episodes together, it's it's one of us, every episode is somebody being like, This is something I wanted to do an episode about, either something Or a listener. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's like people send in and are like, Hey, I think this would be a good topic and we're like, Oh yeah, we can about that. So keep doing that. Um, we get DMs on Twitter about that. Some of them are terrible, but a lot of them are good. And um, Those are the ones we shut down. Yeah. I'm just like, thank you for the suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or don't respond. Um, She's in charge, so. <laughs> in charge of the Twitter. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that um, they're like, we're either really passionate about it or it's something that we feel like like we can't ignore. Um, and everybody else, I don't think there's ever really been an episode where somebody's like, I want to do this, and then somebody else was like, or nobody else was like, oh yeah, I'm interested in that. Like, nobody, there's, I don't think there's been a single episode where nobody wanted to like jump in and was like, yeah, I care about this, so. Um, I think one time when we came like pretty close to deadlock was when we were rolling out our second round of merch. Um, we had, um, yeah, oh, I forgot about this. We had, uh, these the incredible designs done by Colleen, whose last name I cannot pronounce. I apologize, but Shady. she's incredible. Colleen. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. But um, she did this, you know, figure, which is, you know, it's over there. You can buy yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> buy it. Um, but yeah, it's it's visibly like a white cis woman, and Ambria was like, I'm not comfortable with rolling out merch that only represents this one type of woman. I don't want our um, trans listeners, and I don't want our listeners of color to feel excluded from this community, and I don't like. Um, it was basically just you know we we shouldn't roll out one type of merch that represents only one type of woman, and um, the rest of us were like, no, like I am down with that idea. Maybe we can do that for later rounds of merch, but for now, like rolling out four brand new designs all at once just seems kind of like a lot. And Andrea's like, no, this is very, very important to me. And all of us understood where she was coming from, and none of us were objecting to the idea. It was more like, maybe we should do this later. Um, I also think there was like a, none of us are not white cis women. I I mean, I agree with you, but I know for me, my only hesitation was like, if we, you know, put, if we're putting out a piece of merch that like, 
you know, are we tokenizing other people as well? And I, I mean, I think that we did the right thing, yes, yeah. for sure. But we had a lot of like, what is the right direction for a cis white women's podcast to take in like representing ourselves in this beautifully drawn figure that Colby did? Yeah, we just wanted other people, um, I don't know, who are not like us to, or who don't look like us to feel represented by and welcomed in this podcast. Um, to at least some degree, and I, I mean, Andrea was right in the long run, and we have, yeah, yeah we're gorgeous <laughs> but it was just kind of figuring out how we were going to do it, um, and Andrea was, she was like, this is, I'm not comfortable doing it any other way, and ultimately, that's how we wound up doing it, and I'm happy we did, but it was basically just lots of conversations. And we ended up with an artist who was, like, very willing to work with us, and we had said from the beginning we wanted to have kind of ambiguous figures, as it was, because... Um, but like, yeah, but it was, it was, it's, it's hard and it's something we think about a lot and we're always open to like, you know, comments and criticism that's like, you know, coming from like a good place that's like, hey, you know, because we, we have a lot of blind spots that you can't avoid them as like cis women living in a, you know, cis girl patriarchy hellscape uh, or white people, you know, existing in a world that's built from white supremacy. Um, and so... If there are things that we need to do better, like those are the suggestions that we're most interested in hearing for sure. I think buy some merch. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is all just like a really carefully constructed ad. <laughs> Sales of the figure tees are dropping. Uh, we have to do something. Uh, let's make up an argument we have. <laughs> But it wasn't an argument. I think something I was going to say, like, that has been, I don't want to say it's by virtue of all of us being women, but I think um, part of it is, like, has to do with us being women, but also these are very particularly fine people that I get to work with. Um, but I think we rarely do tell each other no. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, right, I think it's none of us really has this sense that we need to control what the podcast is and what direction it goes in. And I feel like a lot of times when we have creative projects, um, there's this big sense that like it has to be controlled and like it has to be maintained in a particular way and then people kind of get competitive about like what that vision is. And I think um, we have just always been sort of very like free-spirited about what that is. Obviously we share a lot of values and that really helps. Obviously if I said that shit and like nobody else cared about it, it wouldn't have mattered, right? And the fact is is that I'm with other people that also care about that sort of thing, and so I was able to make a, an argument um, for that. Uh, and I'm super grateful that that we're all kind of in in that sort of space where we all have like a lot of room to be creative um, and to like really stay true to our values, right? Uh, to the best of our capacity, right? We all struggle to stay true to our values, but these are not the people that keep us from doing it. So that's amazing. And I would just add, I think. We're helped a lot by virtue of the way we started doing this and the tremendous leap of faith it takes to like put your name on something with other people that your heart is really invested in without <laughs> knowing them very deeply. And so like that immediately creates trust because if you didn't have it, we couldn't even get started. So you have to, the assumption at the beginning has to be, you have good intentions, you want the best for me, you're a good person. And I just think that made things so much easier because we never, but like, oh, what's what's Kellen's angle on this? Why is she pushing for this? Or, you know, there wasn't any of those kind of stresses you have in situations where you feel like you know people better. 
She's she's in bed with Big Chiquita. <laughs> Big Chiquita. <laughs> we got a question over here. Oh, yay! I just want to, for people that aren't visually seeing us right now, explain what just happened on the stage. All of us in unison rocked back and forth, not on the and did a quiet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I can I can start. Um, yeah, yes, yes, in a lot of ways. Um, we did an episode on mental health and capitalism, um, which is still one of my favorite episodes because of sort of how raw it is. And a lot of us talked about stuff that, you know, it's hard, it's hard to talk about. Um, and I think that that, you know, there's a reason that it's difficult to talk about mental health under capitalism. That's intentional. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a factor that is inherent to the system. Um, and I definitely walked away from that being like, you know, um, but I also think that the sort of the flip side of that is that going through this this whole experience has, and I know this isn't your question, but I'm trying to like twisting a little bit to talk about the upsides on mental health. Um, going through this, making this podcast, has made me such a stronger person um, in a way that I didn't expect in the beginning. So I mean, there's a lot of reasons that that's true. Um, I talked about it on that episode, but when we started the podcast, I was about a year out from like a, a pretty violent assault um, that was not a partner, like somebody I, I an acquaintance basically, um, and that was one of the most difficult things that I've I've gone through. It was really really traumatic um, for a lot of reasons, and I was in the process, and, and people who've been assaulted kind of know that like it takes time to rebuild yourself after that you know especially if it happens in a really like violent way um and figuring out like who am i after this is tough and it you know i was i was going through something where i was trying to force my school we're working on unionization what's up unions um you know trying to force it to be better about these things i'm a grad student um it happened within a department and that was kind of the work that I was doing, but I needed more than that. Um, and just literally falling into this community of women has been such an amazing thing for me um, because there's so much empathy here. Um, and being in a place where we can channel some of the tough stuff that we've been through into something positive is so helpful. And I, that's one of the reasons that the mental health episode is like really near and dear to my heart is that it helped me clarify like 
I don't know what it was, a year and a half after it happened, like how this affected me, how being in this space, like in this, the, the you know, capitalist is, 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 is world that we live in makes this difficult. What are the power dynamics that make this possible and why is it so hard to heal? Um, you know, why does this violence happen to bodies like mine um, and how do we get over it? Those kinds of questions are things that like Susan Bitch has made me better able to answer. And just on top of that, like the kind of support that these women provide to, you know, one another is huge. Um, and I know that like, you know, we'll we'll get on we'll get on the phone to start an episode and we always check in and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, we're all right, we're gonna you know, we get on the we get on. We're like we're supposed to start in like five minutes, and it ends up being like twenty minutes where one of us is just sobbing, and the other ones are like, "What can we do?" Um, you know, we're all like, I don't know. I was I like text Laura in the middle of like an emotional crisis, and she's like, "Got this," or like whatever it is, you know. Um, and it's building a community in a world where community is really scarce and hard to find, and the. It's been so good for me just to have this and the fact that other people listen and are somehow like, oh, I like this. It's like, a, a, it's unreal. Um, but it means a lot. It means a lot to us. Um, and it's kind of amazing that other people can benefit from something that's just benefited me so much in like a very selfish way. Oh, it's my long-winded answer to that question. <laughs> um, so for me, I think yeah, this has been a very validating experience generally. There have been a few episodes that have been hard for me, um, like, you know, in terms of my mental health, specifically the mental health episode, because I got, like, I opened all the way up. Um, and I think that the day that we were supposed to release it, like, Laura usually publishes it, and she's like, I'm not on my computer, can somebody else post this? And I was so anxious about that information, like, being released to the public. Um, because, I mean, it's, I was making myself vulnerable in a very, very big public way. Um, and that was terrifying. And I, I was just, like, borderline having a panic attack all day. Just, like, riding on the edge of a panic attack. And then Laura said she needed somebody to publish it. And I volunteered. And I felt, like, such, I don't know, I felt like I was taking control and ownership over um, sharing it in a way that I wouldn't have had she published it or had somebody else done it. And um, that made me feel a lot better about it. Um, another episode that was like oddly emotional for me was the debt episode. Um, thanks, Emma. Uh, it, it's like, Everyone no, I have to win. I have two. Like, two different episodes, technically three. Yes. Yeah. Technically yeah. four? What? <laughs> well, because the two are divided into oh, two. I think yeah. both of them are divided into two. The okay. law one. That is just one. Oh, never mind. But, um, never mind. Three. Yeah, so I, um, I don't know. I have a lot of, like, anxiety around money generally. And so, like, having talked about the ways in which, I don't know, different, like, credit institutions and uh, capitalism in general fucked us over it was, like, it was really, really tough for me. And we got to this discussion the first time, and I sent the recordings to Laura, and it was just me. Like, I was the only one talking, and I realized that, like, nobody else had been recorded. And so I had to, like, put off re-recording it 
for quite a while. Um, and I, I don't know, I've had excuses for not recording it sooner. Um, we had a lot of guests on that episode, but I didn't try as hard as I should have to like get that episode rescheduled because it was like I needed I needed to kind of brace myself to talk about it again. And even like on the episode that we have, I'm kind of low energy because it's just it's it's wild how emotional I get around it's, like dead. Like I hate it. Um, but like everybody was really understanding. They're like, you know, we'll put this back on the schedule whenever um, you know whenever you can get everybody. Um, rounded up to record, um, and that's been really good. Like, everybody's really understanding. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, we just, we talk about things, and none of us really tell each other no. We're just, all right, tell us how to, like, you know, be there for you. Tell us how we can, you know, make this work for you. Um, and it's, it's an incredible community like that. Um, earlier this year, about six months ago, I was, like, going through some really tough times personally. And I told them, and um, they were like, just, you know, if you need to take some time off of the podcast, you can do that. Um, you know, we're here if you need anything. And like within a week, I got a package in the mail, and I was like, I have no idea. Like, I didn't order anything. And it was a Snuggie and a spell book. Just <laughs> <laughs> like magic and cuddles, you know? Like, they're just like there to support me. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, in a very symbolic, like, beautiful way. Um, so this community has just been, they've been really great. Like, I would say that generally, um, y'all are really great at supporting um, the mental health of one another. Um, also therapy, like, if you need it, if you can't access it, get therapy, like, that shit works. My only answer was therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say I think uh, my mental health was probably actually worse before we started doing the podcast. Um, in part because I wasn't used to being that vulnerable and talking about what I was struggling with, and even though I've been an activist for a long time and. I'm pretty like open. I thought with my friends, I realized I'm carrying around like, you know, family history that's traumatic or personal trauma or debt is a really good one. And like I, you know, as much as my friends and I might gripe about money, I've never told anybody how much like student loan debt I'm in. So the process of doing that with other people and then realizing like, oh, I can do that in more parts of my life. And it helps everyone because we realize the way we're all suffering and it's not like a personal failing on my part, what I'm going through. I think that's been helpful. Yeah, I think I, I I could see how some of the stress could be negative, but I think the fact that we're just all really supportive of each other is why it's, you know, like we already said, been um, actually more of a positive um, impact. Uh, when we first started, we were we had a lot of worries about like getting harassed. Um, not maybe, you know, whether from adoring people or from like, um, like alt-right people like deciding that they really hated us or something and doxing us and although that's still a possibility like everything's been pretty lovely um there are a few guys who try to like comment on our audio and we always are like bye yeah we're like okay <laughs> it's never gonna get better okay <laughs> sweet spot where not enough people know about us that we get yeah. too many like 1488 kids stalking <laughs> our profiles and we're but we yeah yeah but like people come to our live shows but nobody is either like 
Actually, I did get a comment on a tweet recently that was, um, repent or burn, which... <laughs> I choose burn! <laughs> There's not been as much of that as, like, our anxiety suggested. And we don't have that many... We did have some, but not very many, like, really thirsty dudes replying to everything. And the ones that we have are pretty harmless, we think. So, uh, <laughs> we talked about The thirst it. has been light. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. If you can't remember it, just forget it. No. Yes! I love it! <laughs> She's always got such good things. <laughs> Other questions? Y'all are ready. But... Sure, We're gonna be here. You can talk to us in a face-to-face -face situation. Most of us are nice. Unless I would be the only one that's like, I will be nice. I will be nice. Oh, I remembered what I was gonna say. <laughs> See, I knew that this was happened, but it happened, which is like, uh, I do have a KiwiKi page, and so I know that we're safe because season of the bitch is not yet on my KiwiKi page. <laughs> only my real life cool stuff. So. <laughs> Thank you all so, so, so yeah. much. Thank you guys for coming.